0: and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Day Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at Reformationvoicey.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Apparently I offended both of you on yesterday's broadcast because I said it's just Pastor Us and Pastor Jonathan. I apologize. <laughs>
1: yeah look at it. i'm
0: only going to talk to jonathan (laughs) (laughs) pastor phil is looting somewhere in oregon no not really he's visiting some brand new grandkids and so we hope that he has a great time we miss him and he'll be back next week hopefully
2: am i right does phil
0: only
1: have one grandchild grandchild really this is his first one i believe so first one Wow. that old man you know him <laughs> yeah that's
0: actually surprising I, I,
1: I think that's right but maybe I that's mean, with wrong. that
0: that deep you know old you know yeah. reverent voice you'd think that he has
1: grandkids he, all over the place yeah he's just a few months older than i am <laughs> <laughs> how many grandkids do you have nine that's awesome
0: do they all live here in town
1: <laughs> they do they uh you know we didn't scatter them they we were here when they they aged out of the home, and, and this is where they stayed. Praise God. That's awesome. And Russ, you
0: don't have any grandkids. No, I, I
2: barely have kids out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true.
0: <laughs> All right, um, question today. I find this next question super um, interesting. How should Christian values impact business ethics in the office? How should Christian values Impact business ethics in the
1: office? Well, certainly. Certainly, I, 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 would, I would say, you know, as, as a believer, if you are a believer, um, certainly you should be practicing God's word wherever you are. I mean, that, you know, when we read, for instance, the qualifications of an elder in, in 1 Timothy. Um, those are really qualifications for Christians, you know. That you know, the, the you know, um, being above reproach, uh, being a one uh, woman kind of man. Uh, or being devoted to your spouse, really, you know, being sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money, managing your own household with all dignity. You know, those are those are all qualities that every Christian ought to aspire to. So, and they work in the workplace too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a reminder of how we ought to treat. Uh, uh, Different ones, uh, you know, not to rebuke older men as, you know, but to treat them as fathers; younger men, men as brothers; older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters in all purity. Hey, it, you know, you wouldn't have harassment issues if you were following what uh, 1 Timothy five one says. Yeah, the ethic. Um in the
2: office the the bottom line is that, as a Christian, we should be the best of citizens, we should be the best of employers, we should be the best best of employees um, because we're not just working for um, a paycheck or or doing just mindless duty. um what we're doing is we live our lives um, to please God, yes and so our desire in all interactions is to um as we're told in by peter to be holy as god is holy yeah and so that should permeate what we do um not just on a sunday morning that should permeate what we do at at the office that should permeate what we do um, with our families this should permeate what we do in our free time yeah that our desire is to please god yeah um and we please God in the details. I think Romans twelve would say we please God by living a life of ongoing worship yeah. unto him. There's right?
0: there's no what? non-religious part of our life. Uh, and I use that word religious in the best way. There's no non-religious part of our life. It is a it is a fallacy to say that we have a private morality over here and a public morality over here. That's exactly the the error that was rampant in um, Hitler's Germany. I mean, you look at the Nuremberg trials, and, and they would say, well, you know, we, we the Ger- the Germans that were caught up on war crimes, well, we have to, you know, we had to obey the state's morality, even if I privately disagree with this over here. This is what our politicians say all the time, well, I'm privately against abortion, but publicly, you know, I can't press that on an issue. That's not recognizable in the Bible. Mm-hmm. God wants us to use the word pleasing God God wants us to please us please him in every aspect of our life
1: yeah well this is this is what first corinthians ten thirty one says whatever you do, whatever you do uh, whether you eat or drink whatever you do, do everything to the glory of God uh so you know obviously if we're if we're serving the Lord we're serving him in all aspects of our life that's in our family life that's in our civic life that's in everything we're doing it so that um Men will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven, it says. It's mm-hmm. good.
2: That principle, 1 Corinthians 10 31, is then reflected in almost every New Testament epistle. Mm-hmm. Because at the end, it, almost every epistle starts with Who are we in Christ? Mm-hmm. What's true about us? And then the second half of the letter is Okay, and what does that look like? Mm hmm in the practical aspects of life. Yeah. What does that look like in your family? What does that look like in your relations with servants and masters? What does it look like in in the everyday details of the eating and drinking? What does it mean to Colossians starts by saying, you know, live a life worthy of the, of the Lord. And then the rest of the book mm-hmm. Christ are Paul will say, and
0: what does that look like? Yeah. And this gives us a wonderful opportunity to witness, like you said, uh, Jonathan, to unbelievers for God's glory. I have two examples. I was doing – I used to do tile before I became a pastor, and I was on this job, and I was asked by my boss to install this electrical grid underneath this tile installation. And we're not supposed to do that. Only electricians are. And uh, the electrician – the electrical inspector was going to come by, and I said, well, I – I'm not going to do it because he's going to ask me who installed this. That would be, and, and he said, "Well, you can just tell him the electrician did, because he would agree to that." That that's lying. That that's against God's commandments, and that Im- that left an impression on my boss. Instead of getting angry at me, he actually took a step back and examined his own heart. That he was he was asking me to do something sinful.
1: Uh, you know the, those are those are good examples I, I do remember in between a, a pastors one time I had a job selling cars on a car lot and uh, I actually had this little postcard I put up in my little cubicle, and it said, Nothing tests your ethics like selling a used car. <laughs> because, because and, and I, you know, when people would ask me about things, I said, Well, you know, there's depravity built into this. None of these things are perfect. And, yeah. you know, and there's our, uh, you want to only point out the, Positive things about a, a that car, but you also want to let people know, yeah. yeah, it's got this many miles on it. It's you know, it's been you know, it's probably coming up on some service that needs to yeah. be done. You know, I think if if you're honest with people, I never found that to be a problem. Somebody said a uh, a lie is only uh, making a problem of the past part of your future, and uh, and you need to be really careful about those things. Yeah. Can I give one more example?
0: I think this is a really... Well,
2: you kind of need to because you said to the listener
0: earlier,
1: I've
2: got two. Yeah. So. I mean, uh,
0: because I think this <laughs> I, next one... We want one, you to be honest. Thank you. I, <laughs> let's see what you did there. Yep. Um, another one that I think is especially important in the kind of the circles that we run in is the fourth commandment, which is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I think there's many Christians today who are very content with saying, well, my, my job requires me to work on Sunday and so I'm not going to push back. And I know an anecdote is not always the most helpful thing, but you talked about being good citizens, Russ. And I was a good worker as a talent installer. And so my my boss would come to me frequently and say, hey, our hair's on fire. We really got to get this job done. I need you to work on Sunday. And I would always say, is the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm I can't work. I'll work for you the other six days a week. I'll give you everything I got, but you know I can't do that. Now I und- we understand, like our confessions will say, um, you know, keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't work, uh, except for where there's you know needs of, of works of, of necessity and works of necessity and works of mercy. So if you're a first responder or or one of those jobs that y- you are saving people's lives, we totally the Bible leaves provision for that. But if you're a, a Christian and and you're in a job where you're just content with working on the lord's day? Well what, what, what would you guys say to that brothers?
2: Well, I would have concerns and and sometimes we we make excuses that aren't legitimate. Sometimes the ox is, does go into the 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 ditch and we have to um out of mercy go get him. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we throw the ox into the ditch. And then it's then that's not an instance which the bible is talking about. So by poor planning and lack of forethought, and trying to do too much and taking on too many jobs, and we create problems that then we later justify and say, "Well, I need to do this because mm-hmm. it's it's a work of necessity." Well, was it, um, or did you make it a work of necessity?
1: Yeah, I think that yeah you know, we. We need to be sensitive because there are people that are finding themselves in that position and in one sense they're discovering what God says about working on the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. So they you know, they're they need uh, to carefully work with their employer, I I think back to the first century. I can't imagine uh, you know the uh, first century Christians saying to their Roman master, "I'm sorry, it's Sunday," <laughs> you know, and and that there's there's a reason why Eutychus fell out of a window uh, when Paul was preaching late at night it was because that was the time that they had free to to worship the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I think that we need to be somewhat sensitive to people that find themselves captive to that uh, situation. Whereas, you know, I've, I've got a son that was telling me he's looking for a job, and, and he, he's there was a position that's opening, and they want him Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And he said, I, I'll, I'll work any of those two days, uh, Friday, Saturday, and any other day of the week, but I can't work Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, that's going into that situation, that, that situation and yep. that's entirely different than yep. finding yourself Trapped in that situation yeah,
0: and I guess and I brother, I think that's really good I, I guess I would just say, step one, what does the Lord say about his day? like mm-hmm. start there, what does the Lord say about his day do you do you believe that? if you believe that and if you' if you find yourself in that situation, then start planning some sort of quote unquote escape route so that you can i mean God doesn't make these commands because he wants to make us miserable mm-hmm. the S- Sunday, the Lord's day, is the greatest delight to a Christian. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and and to begin to see that that it's it's a gift. Um, so one of the prayers that I have in my own family for for Sunday is that we would truly be able to rest in the finished work of our perfect Savior Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that it's a day in which I can step back and say, I'm resting because a rest has been earned for me because of Jesus's work on my behalf. Mm-hmm. And it's preparing me for a day that will come, an eternity that will come, in which I forever will get to rest in the the finished work of Jesus Christ on our behalf, because it's modeling creation. God created six days and rested because the work is done. We rest because the work has been done, and we get to delight in the fullness of what is ours in
1: Christ. Amen. That, that that's a creation ordinance but it's also a modeling of our deliverance because mm-hmm. if we look at the Deuteronomy 6 when it talks about the Sabbath day it's, it's because we've been mm-hmm. because we've been delivered from the bondage of Egypt mm-hmm. that's right
0: you know one more thing real quick some of us are are this, the know, original question was business but but it relates to that so we often don't know how to uh, witness to people and it, we find ourselves awkward sometimes this question about how we mm-hmm our Christian values impact our business business ethics. If somebody asks you to do something against God's law, that's a perfect way to witness to the Lord. I mean, I want you to work on Sunday, Josh. Well, actually, that's the Lord's day. I mean, you're, you're giving a witness right there yeah, okay. and they're putting it right in your lap. Mm-hmm. So we hope, we hope this program has been um, encouraging to you and uh, we will see you next time on The Gospel For Life.